Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. In the Byzantine liturgical calendar, we are entering yet another preparatory Sunday on our way to the great fast, Lent, the bright sadness. This Sunday is the Sunday of the publican and the Pharisee. But we are also amidst a beautiful feast, a beautiful event in the scripture, the event of Jesus Christ as a child encountering Simeon in the temple. Remember that? He encounters Simeon in the temple, and Simeon says these memorable words, which are woven now into the prayer of the church. Now you may dismiss your servant, O Lord, for my eyes have seen a light of revelation to the Gentiles. And Simeon says this because he now sees what he longed for, and he proclaims this magnificent prayer, my eyes have seen a light of revelation. Seeing is really what our faith is about. But it's also what we're about very much as a culture. It seems that if we see something, it's in our mind. But like that saying, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And one of the things we do not see nearly enough is the suffering of Christians around the world, in particular in the Middle East. We have somebody who's doing something about that, about our ability to see to see the suffering, but to see it on a very different kind of level than we normally see this kind of suffering. His name is Jeff Gardner. He's our guest today on Light of the East. He's with the Picture Christians Project at picturechristians.org. It's very kind of you to be here because you just are fresh back from the Middle East, in fact. (laughs) So we're grabbing you now with (laughs) the latest update on what you're doing and what the situation is and what it is we need to see. Welcome, Jeff, to Light of the East. Well, thank you so much, Father. It's good to be back. I mean, I'm fresh off the plane (laughs) instead of the press, you know, as the uh, saying goes. I've just come from the airport from spending nine days in Iraq. And as you you so well uh, said in your introduction— You know, I started the Picture Christians Project back in the fall of 2013, and the the motivation for that start was I was personally and professionally frustrated 
with the situation facing the the Christians in Iraq and the Middle East, notably because despite all that was being written about you know the terrible, terrible violence, the persecution against them, the situation wasn't getting better for them. In fact, it kept getting worse. And I sat down and I said, "Well, why is this? What 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 is what is missing that I can bring to the equation? You know, I'm not a priest. I'm not a politician. I'm not a soldier." I'm a communicator, uh, I'm a photographer, I'm a writer. And it occurred to me that one of the things that was missing was this ability that, you know, we have as human beings to form a relationship with an individual that is that is so, so heavily based in, you know, whether it's a good or a bad thing is irrelevant, seeing them and getting to know them on, on a person-to-person level. So in the spring of 2014, I went to the Middle East, I sat down with these Christians who are ethnically Assyrian and very proud of it. I began a project in which I'd photograph them, describe them as specific people, as specific families with specific things that happened to them to try to move the needle, if you will, in terms of the understanding of the problems facing them and get away from you know what I saw was a focus on the symptom that is the violence they're, that they're encountering while very problematic, is only symptomatic of a larger problem. Well, what was that problem and how could we sort of wrap our heads around it? And the first step, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, was building that relationship with the, the people one-on-one, with mothers, sons, husbands, wives, daughters, getting to know their situation, and, and through that coming to an understanding that, you know what? Who they are, what they do, and what it is that they want from life is very similar to who I am, what I do, Mm. and what I want. And so this is someone who I can understand. This is a life that I can understand. And that helps us go deeper in asking the question of what is the real problem facing Assyrians, this is the Christians in the Middle East, and what can we do about it? So I've been doing this now for two years. I've been back and forth to Iraq. This was my 10th trip. Mm. I've been to Jordan, I've been to Syria, I've been to Egypt. I would love in the future to expand what it is that the Picture Christian Project does, that is to look at Christians and other parts of the world. But, you know, I think now, at least for the foreseeable future, this is the area where I will continue to concentrate because this is the area in which the problem is particularly acute and particularly widespread. And, Jeff, I hear stories like, um, because I assume you visited refugee Camps. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I hear stories that people who were career professionals or one day on the street in a refugee camp, they've lost everything. Is absolutely, that, is that true? oh, absolutely true. And you know, I and I alluded to trying to get to the the problem and looking beyond the symptom. And the symptom is the violence that's being, you know, perpetrated against Assyrians. It is those who are Christian. Now, again. Violence is highly problematic. And when we say violence and we're talking about the Middle East, we're talking about the real thing. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not talking about a lot of the uh, imaginary assaults and attacks that, that are often associated with it. You know, when we use the term here, when we say someone was attacked, well, mm-hmm. you know, in our culture now, that means somebody said something that you didn't like and you yeah. attacked me. But I'm talking about someone rolling into town and burning everything and, yeah. you know, running you out. And that the Assyrian people there have been caught between the violence, the fighting, between the Kurdish people and the Arab people in Iraq. And, um, and the result is that this, this ongoing struggle, and as they often describe it to me, there are like these two large sharks that swim in the ocean where they live. 
when the violence erupts that, in this case, the Islamic State rolls into town and simply wholesale seizes property, whatever of value, runs people out, seizes women and children for, for sale mm-hmm. as uh, slaves, mm-hmm. and then burns the rest of the place down. Mm-hmm. And this means everybody is displaced, the professors, the priests, the religious, mm. the school teacher, the mm. guy that was the bicycle repairman. I mean, there was no distinction um, between high or low. And I'm always careful about how I relate this because nobody, I want to emphasize this, no one deserves to be a refugee. No one deserves to have their persons, their property violated. But if I could think of a people who would be l- least adept at being displaced refugees, the Assyrians would probably rank up in the top three because they're very much like us. They're very urbane, very civilized, a mm-hmm. professional class, a well-educated class, a, a economically prosperous class. Mm-hmm. These are not these are not um, people that practice uh, animal husbandry. You know that they're used to moving mm-hmm. flocks around. If they get pushed from one area to another, it's mm-hmm. Simply an interruption in the normal seasonal migration, which, by the way, I want to emphasize that's still not okay when you're dealing with, you know, displacement in places like Africa where this sort of thing goes on. Um, They are not. They're much like the neighbors that you encounter in your own subdivision, and they know as much about living under a bridge or in a refugee camp with their children and what's left of their profession as you and I do, which is absolutely nothing. Hmm. And so there's been a real shock, mm. a real psychological, a real, real, a real spiritual, a real communal shock that they have endured. And um, as this uh, displacement has dragged on now for over mm-hmm. two years, it's really taking its toll, you know, person to person and then across their community. Is there a, did you get a sense that there is going to be, or is there a way out for these people? You know, that's, um, and, and, and I do ask that question, and, and um, you know, they've, they've stopped asking that of me, which I, I count as a bad sign. Mm. Um, there have been towns that were overwhelmingly Assyrian that have been liberated from the Islamic State, but they are, you know, in a, in a word, just a mess. Yeah. They have been looted, they have been burned, mm. the services have been shattered. Um, you know, our understanding and... and, and Promotion of recycle is something that goes on around the world. And so one of the things the Islamic State did with these towns is they climbed up on the phone poles and pulled down all the electrical wiring and stripped it for its copper. <laughs> and so even the, the, the connective structure that provides the services, mm. I mean, if the you know power plant wasn't torched, even the connective structure has been damaged. Mm. And so they see such a tremendously long row to hoe ahead of them mm. uh, to get back to just sort of a baseline normal that it, you know, it lends itself to a sense of despair. And one, I think one can understand that. Yes. Jeff, is the situation you're talking about, is that in Iraq and also in uh, Syria, like equally is one worse than the other? Or? You know, I'd say in, it, it's, it's much worse in Syria. And the reason for that is that... Um, Although the Islamic State you know, gobbled up large portions of mostly Assyrian and Yazidi land, which, you know, by many indicators ethnically are related to the Assyrians, they have their own religion. In Syria, in the nation of Syria, it is still such a chaotic free-for-all. There are mm-hmm. so many factions. Mm-hmm. The country is so fragmented. 
There are regions being claimed by Kurds and regions being claimed, you know, the Russian army is there and Iranian-backed forces are there. And there are troops loyal to Assad and those backed by Saudi Arabia. The, the, the country of Syria has become a proxy war mm-hmm. for the warring parties in the Middle East, significantly mm-hmm. the Sunni Arabs from the Arab states like Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates, and then the Shia Muslims mm-hmm. from countries like Iran. Mm-hmm. And so this has, has you know, created an environment that's this patchwork of chaos. Mm-hmm. And in that case, in the case of Syria, most of the Assyrians there have either dug in in the north and the east and working very, very hard to hold on to the lands they have or have been forced out with a massive you know, waves of refugees. Well, when we return, we're going to talk more with our special guest, Jeff Gardner, from Picture Christians Project. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loyup and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. Our special guest today is Jeff Gardner from the Picture Christians Project, and you can see that at picturechristians.org. 
Jeff, you are back from what? Which is it? Ninth, tenth trip? Tenth, tenth trip from Iraq. I mean, fresh, fresh from the tenth trip. And uh, what is it you did this time? I mean, you, you've done a number of things in a number of countries. You mentioned Egypt, Syria, and so on, and you've taken pictures. And what was your mission this time? Yeah, for this particular trip, you know, we've been involved through the the you know taking of these pictures that we then turn around and use them to build the first necessary awareness and then the critical mass of human and financial capital to address the problem. So we become aware of the problem by connecting with the people and then we get you know some very clear direction as to what we can do about it. For this trip, you know, I have been noticing that there there are various areas that that need help. We've done projects that focus on economic revival and projects that focus on um, security and safety and projects that focus on humanitarian relief for the refugees and the displaced. And one of the things that I had, you know, noticed in in many of my trips and have been asking around about is, is what has been done or is being done about the tremendous psychological and spiritual damage that is also a result of this mm-hmm. war. I mean, we are now, you know, in a time and place in which we're finding out about all kinds of secondary and tertiary effects of trauma, whether it's studying the the post-traumatic stress that uh, you know soldiers endure or even people uh, in in you know ordinary walks of life whether they're in abusive relationships or they have um, you know an ongoing uh, situation at work and that trauma psychological trauma can be so deeply rooted that it, it not only has psychological effects but it has spiritual effects mm-hmm. and physical effects it affects how our bodies function and how our minds function and how the two relate together. So for this particular trip, we're trying to get as comprehensive as a picture, no pun intended, of what the psychological and spiritual trauma is, and then team up with individuals, with professionals. And we have people from the United States and from Europe to design a programs that will help to start address mm-hmm. that. So we spent a lot of time in the refugee camps with both Assyrian people and the Yazidi people, the two of which, that is the Assyrians and the Yazidis, have really suffered the brunt Mm -hmm. of the invasion of the Islamic State and the brutality of the war. And consequently, you know, they're manifesting the, uh, the lion's share of the symptoms of the psychological and spiritual suffering. Our special guest today is Jeff Gardner from the Picture Christians Project, and you can see that at picturechristians.org. Jeff, are you noticing in this psycho-spiritual fallout from this, are you noticing, like, is there a lot of anger? Is there despair? Is there, how, what, what would you say is the... Sure, there are patterns emerging, and I yeah. would say in, in, in um, both of those cases, yes. And the anger is explosive. You know, you, you mm-hmm. can be sitting with someone and having a conversation and you sort of step on a psychological and emotional landmine that you that you as an outsider, not knowing them well, will be completely unaware of. There is, you know, a lot of despair. Mm-hmm. They don't trust those in, especially the Assyrians, the powers that be in Iraq, both the central government and the Kurdish authorities to protect them because they were given promises and promises and promises by both prior to the invasion of the Islamic State. So it's really, you know, if you, if you have someone within a family, if you have a, whether it's a spouse or a child, and they're subject to the explosive rage 
of someone else, there's that impact. And then they're told by the authorities in the community, well, the next time it happens, we'll be there to intervene. We promise. Mm -hmm. And then they're not there to intervene. Then this, you know, lends itself not only to anger and despair, but to insecurity, nervousness, um, you know, breaking in in good relations between husband and wife and and children and parent, all of these things. You know, Jeff, we know as Christians, uh, we know well the stories that how under persecution people become, you know, deeper in their faith and holier and so on. Is that happening there? What's happening to them spiritually? Um, you know, some. And and this is something we have to be very careful about because we do have that. And, it, you know, it, it comes about especially in our relationship with the saints and, and the recounting of their faith. But we have to remember, sort of on the practical side of the coin, as Christians, that those saints are the exceptions rather than the rule. I mean, they're there for us to aspire to, because without becoming a saint, one doesn't go to heaven, the one goes with the other. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, war and and deprivation and famine and displacement do not make someone a hero. Mm. They, they provide opportunity for heroic behavior and mm-hmm. heroic action. But unfortunately... The uh, the rule rather than the exception is they they these types of experiences tend to exacerbate n- negative personality traits like people suffering from post traumatic stress. They tend to bring out poor decision making or even mental and spiritual paralysis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see this in the Second World War. There, you know, there are a number of, of authors and, and very eloquent speakers that came out of the persecution that was the Holocaust that lost their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Elie Wiesel being one of them that that mm-hmm. you know wondered why God allows such suffering. Yes. Where is God in yes. all of this? Why why aren't the hands and feet of God that is those um, who aren't the perpetrators coming to help? Yes. And so that is a very very real risk. The, the, I can tell you that the faith community is alive and well, but across the spectrum for the people. That's a um, a grave danger mm-hmm. that they're they're facing now is um, that ongoing trauma that disrupts how they think and how they can function. And you're going to have now talk about the fallout over time. You're going to have what hundreds of thousands of people, who knows, maybe millions, who are going to, I assume, have less skill, less education, right? Be have psychological problems, spiritual problems. Right. You're, you're, you're talking about a. A demographic disaster here. It could be. Um, and that's really, you know, what drives me and others that we're very concerned. I mean, the Islamic State is on its last leg in Iraq. Oh, well, that's They have it penned up in the city of Mosul. And it's, it's not a genuine, you know, military threat. But what is a, a great and very real threat is you've taken an entire community, you know, the Assyrian people and an entire community, the Yazidi people. You've disconnected them from their their land, their life, their property, and themselves, and you put them in a in sort of a holding pattern for over two years, mm-hmm. and it, it it is it is foolishly unrealistic to expect that as soon as the area is liberated and a town is clear, that you're just going to snap your fingers and say, "Now everybody go back to what you were doing." Yes, I mean, imagine in our professional lives, if yeah. even minus the trauma of war. That if you were suddenly taken out, and I mean in an instant, this happened within hours on one single night. You were taken out of your job, Mm -hmm. removed from that professional environment and all the skills that it called, and and put in a tent for two years. Mm -hmm. 
how rapidly could you come back and reintegrate? Yeah. So we need to focus on this or we will create a generation in the Middle East, an entire community that is landless, poor, and, uh, and you know, has a very, very uncertain future. Well, we certainly appreciate what you're doing in that regard, Jeff, and congratulations. Our prayers are with you, and if people want to find out more about you, they can go to picturechristians.org or picturechristians.org. Jeff, I want to thank you very much for being with us or stepping off the plane here and sitting down in this light of these studios here and, and bringing us up today. We'll have you on again, and again, God bless you. Our prayers are with you with your wonderful work and with those poor, suffering Christians. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. WTN home video highlight for February is The Miracles of Lourdes and the Lourdes Experience. These wonderful documentaries give you an in-depth look at the miraculous healings and capture the essence of the life-changing experience of Lourdes. Order your DVD set at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week or call 1-800-854-6316. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.